happy 4th of July, and welcome to Ann Coulter's Substack on this important national holiday. Uh, you'll notice that uh, liberals, i.e. the New York Times, they're always trying to equate the American Revolution with the French Revolution. No, 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 no. They are complete opposites. The French Revolution uh, is, is the ancestor of every crazed, murderous dictatorship around the world and liberals and the Democratic Party. The American Revolution is the beacon for freedom for the rest of the world, uh, which, oh my gosh, that reminds me, uh, Lady Liberty is, is holding the light of liberty to the world. That's for the rest of the world to emulate. It's not, please send all your losers to us. In any event, I thought I would tell you a little about the French Revolution and contrast it with the magnificent American Revolution. The French Revolution was the revolution of a mob, of an unruly, godless mob, uh, peasants running through the streets based on rumors, uh, guillotining people, beheading them. The guillotine was called the National Razor. Uh, as French psychologist Gustave Le Bon described mob behavior, he's the inventor of groupthink, about 100 years after the French Revolution, a throng knows neither doubt nor uncertainty. Like women, it goes at once to extremes. A suspicion transforms itself as soon as announced into incontrovertible evidence. A commencement of antipathy, of dis disapprobation, which in the case of an isolated individual would not gain strength, becomes at once furious hatred in the case of an individual in a crowd. When I wrote my book, Demonic, about mobs and groupthink, uh, I could completely, honestly, and fairly say there had never been a right-wing mob. Part of what distressed me so much about January 6th, that is the one and only right-wing mob in history. And we're going to be hearing about it for the rest of our lives. But I wouldn't make a note at this point. Um, this conservative angst about why didn't Nancy Pelosi call, it was her job to protect the Capitol, or why didn't Trump um, enlist the National Guard? Uh, look, liberals love to talk, talk, talk about, oh, we're so afraid of white supremacists. No one expected this because it had never happened before. And I don't think you're going to see it again. Liberals don't like to talk about the French Revolution, at least not honestly, because it's the history of them. The markers, a few of the markers of the French Revolution, the great fear, the storming of the, of, of the Bastille, March on Ver Versailles, the Day of the Daggers, the September Massacres, uh, the beheading of Louis XVI and Marie Antoinette, whom they've lied about throughout history, the Reign of Terror, and finally ending with the guillotining of the leader of the mob, of the Jacobins, uh, Robespierre himself. None of our founding fathers ended up that way. They all died peacefully in their sleep years later. The markers of the American Revolution are more things like the Minutemen, the Ride of Paul Revere, the Declaration of Independence, which we celebrate today, the Liberty Bell, are you beginning to see the difference? Uh, the French celebrate Bastille Day. That was a day based on a rumor 
<laughs> the mob, six about 60,000 strong, were very upset at the Bastille, which was a prison, um, often, yeah, political prisoners, but also murderers. Um, it happens that on that day, they were shutting down the Bastille anyway. There were only six prisoners in the Bastille the day of the storming of the Bastille, but these 60,000 strong uh, peasants were running back and forth from the town hall to a hospital for aging military vets, back and forth. They needed ammunition. They needed they needed weapons, ammunition, so they're going back and forth and back and forth. Uh, the leader of the Bastille tries to negotiate with them, invites them in, uh, but the mob for everything that happened, um, the leader of the Bastille says, okay, we'll withdraw the cannons because the mob leader is meeting with him inside, having breakfast with him inside, said the cannons scare the people. So they withdrew the cannons and the people outside thought, oh my gosh, they're withdrawing the cannons because they're going to shoot on us. Uh, the, the, the guards hanging on the bridges you know, of the Bastille, uh, they're, they're shooing the mobs away with their hats. But the mob looked at that and said, oh, look, they're waving us in. They're waving us in. Eventually, the, the leader of the Bastille, his, his, his final demand, there are only six prisoners. They're shutting it down anyway. His final demand with the mob was, um, look, you can, you can have the Bastille. We'll walk out, but we want it done peacefully. The mob refused. They stormed the Bastille. They hacked people to death. The leader of the Bastille, who had surrendered to them and given them everything, uh, beheaded him and his lieutenant, paraded their heads around Paris. Yeah, that sounds just like the American Revolution. Um, among the stupid things, besides the, <laughs> the guillotining and walking people's heads around on pikes, among the very stupid things about the French Revolution is the, 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 the mob, the peasants, the middle class, they had already won everything they had demanded. They did have a legitimate complaint, uh, the, the third estate, and that was the mass of ordinary, ordinary Frenchmen paid all the taxes got very few benefits, but the clergy and the nobility uh, paid no taxes and got all kinds of special benefits. For example, when they everyone else had to wear masks and stay inside, French clergy, they were off at the French laundry. Um, much like what we see today with, with the left, uh, not paying taxes and giving themselves special benefits. So finally, the people had had enough of it. And they storm off from from the general estates and form the National Assembly of middle class and lower class people. And they say, we're the government now. And the king said, okay, you write the laws. <laughs> You're the government now. So they had already won everything they were ever going to win. But apparently, like you know, Antifa and BLM, it's fun beating people up and hacking them to death and chopping their breasts off, raping women before murdering them and throwing them from windows. Um, just a few of the daily occurrences during the French Revolution. Alexander Hamilton warned Lafayette, who had, had fought admirably, very young young general in the American Revolution, and he foolishly thought the French Revolution was going to proceed about the same way. So he joined the French Revolution until he was run, run out of town, one step ahead of the mob. He would have been guillotined too. Alexander Hamilton warned Lafayette, 
I dread the vehement character of your people, whom I fear you may have you may find it more easy to bring on than to keep within proper bounds after you have put them in motion. A lot like BLM, I think the Democratic Party is finding out. After the, st- the storming of the Bastille, well, what's the next? You know, fun, exciting, revolutionary activity. Concord, Lexington, <laughs> Paul Revere. <laughs> the Declaration of Independence. Why, no! It's, uh, how many women was it? 8,000 Judiths. Women and men dressed as women. Hello, Antifa. Uh, who called themselves 8,000 Judiths. Stormed the, the Queen's Palace intent on murdering her. Um, 8,000 Judas, it sounds like. Jane's Revenge, this group that's out there bombing pregnancy centers. And as I've predicted before, I think think there are going to be a lot of men dressed as women in that group too. Uh, They ran to to the the Queen's Palace, um, hollering things like, we will cut the Queen's pretty throat and tear her skin to bits for ribbons. Cut to... George Washington exhorting his men. Remember, officers and soldiers, that you are free men fighting for the blessings of liberty, that slavery will be your portion and that of your posterity if you do not acquit yourselves like men. The king and queen uh, in France were taken prisoner, but still they were subjected to constant stormings back and forth and back and forth. Um, As historian Eric Dershmead says, the king had been the only constitutional impediment to the the extremists. I think of the king as the Supreme Court. (laughs) The Democratic Party are the ones encouraging the extremists. But now the moderates had opened the door to raging madmen, men willing to use mob brutality. In the September massacres, one of the highlights of the French Revolution, uh, that's when the mob went after the church. And in France, that was the Catholic church. Uh, groups of hooligans, butchers, fishmongers' wives, would tour the the convents and and churches and hack the priests to death, hack everyone to death, demand that they declare loyalty to the state above loyalty to God, which of course none of them could do, and then just publicly hack them to death. At one single church in the outskirts and out in the suburbs, uh, years later, 119 corpses of priests were found. Yeah, that sounds like the American Revolution. Okay, enough of the grotesquerie of the French Revolution, and let's get to the good revolution, the revolution that created the greatest country in the history of the world. Uh, One striking difference with the French Revolution is uh, we actually won our freedom from our revolution. Uh, The French went through this endless bloodletting that ultimately ended up with the guillotining of the leaders of the revolution itself, and that was replaced by another monarchy. After that, it was replaced by the dictatorship of Napoleon. And, oh, meandering about a hundred years later, the French finally got something sort of resembling a republic. No, we won a republic. Our revolution was successful. Our founding fathers were God-fearing descendants of the Puritans. It had, it was, our revolution was in large part um, an outgrowth of the Great Awakening, which was led by, by 
the famous evangelical uh, preacher, Jonathan Edwards, still read at churches today. It was, in fact, the very irreligiousness of the French Revolution that appalled Americans and appalled British supporters of the American Revolution, like, most famously, Edmund Burke. Uh, although he was a British statesman, he supported the American Revolution. Uh, but when the, fr and ours preceded theirs, if you even want to put them in the same sentence, uh, but when the French Revolution got going, even before the bloodletting started, Edmund Burke wrote a book called Ref Reflections on the Revolution in France, and he warned, this is dangerous, this is not the American Revolution, you are, you are um, unleashing bad people. There is no goodness in your revolution. There is no God in your revolution. You're persecuting the Catholic Church, and I promise you, Edmund Burke was not a Catholic. Our founding fathers, by contrast to the French, who never really, you never really knew what they wanted, like I say, these stormings and beheadings and, 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 and really sickening tortures that they went through for years, uh, no, it was always based on a rumor that wasn't really true, like the storming of the Bastille. They were shutting it down anyway. There were only six prisoners. Why is the Bastille so upsetting to you all? Uh, whereas our founding fathers were very chatty about their revolution. They just, you know, were constantly writing books and tracts and Christian ministers writing books in defense of the American Revolution and why, why under God's law we must separate from England. This wasn't a revolution based on, on poverty or desperation. Most American uh, colonialists were doing quite well, were prospering. It was a matter of principle and God's law. And they couldn't stop talking about it. Christian ministers would give sermons on behalf of the American Revolution. Far from chopping off breasts and, and heads and pulling out the hearts of aristocrats, drinking the blood, yes, that was done in the French Revolution, uh, our, our, our revolutionaries were not only intellectuals, Christians, thinkers, talkers. Oh my gosh, did they talk about the revolution? But they planned. They anticipated. What is one of the most celebrated events of the revolution? The ride of Paul Revere. Well, why was Paul Revere riding? They were worried about the British. They were slowly, slowly accumulating um, munitions and weapons, and they had them hidden away. And two of the great thinkers of the revolution, John Adams and uh, um, I'm sorry, Sam Adams and John Hancock, uh, because the British were being closely watched by the Americans, they knew that the British were on their way to arrest Sam Adams and John Hancock. So they had those two, Adams and Hancock, had to be warned. But the Americans would have to get past British troops. So they sent three messengers. One of them was Paul Revere. He was the one who made it. One's lost to history. The other one, Joseph Dawes. Um, why did they have three messengers? Because they planned, they thought of contingencies, <laughs> because it was well-regulated. They were training militias. They had the regulars meet and, and practice maneuvers and practice with their guns. So they anticipated this. 
sent out three messengers. Uh, Paul Revere did make it in the end, but he was captured along the way and uh, by the British. And uh, he sort of astonished the other, the other captives there. Uh, because when a captain, a British captain, put a gun to Revere's head and, and said, what's going on? What are you doing? Why are you, why are you riding? Um, and saying, tell the truth with a gun to his head, Paul Revere responded, I call myself a man of truth, and you have stopped me on the highway and made me a prisoner. I know not by what right. I will tell the truth, for I am not afraid. So that kind of bucked up the other American prisoners. That began the battles of Lexington and Concord, April 19th, 1775. The shot heard round the world. Lexington, the militias hadn't been, Paul Revere was also warning throughout the countryside, get your militias together. Um, I mean, they were, they were spread out. It was all farming towns. They had to get all these <laughs> ride for, for miles and miles and miles and wake all the young men up to get their arms and to go to Concord and to go to Lexington. Well, not enough of them could be assembled in time for Concord. So Americans kind of got wiped out at that one. But at Lexington, Americans would hit back so hard, the British didn't know what, <laughs> what had hit them. Uh, after the Battle of Lexington, uh, one, of the, one of the British lords uh, in America wrote back, whoever looks upon them, the Americans, as an irregular mob will find himself very much mistaken. That's our history, the history that led to the freest, most prosperous country in the history of the world. Gosh, I hope we can keep it. And we celebrate it today, the 4th of July, when we declared to the world, explained why, because of God's law, nature's law, we deserved independence in a war that King George called that Presbyterian War. Happy 4th of July. Unsafe, unsafe. Every fact and culture state's got every live out there feeling unsafe. Metaxas Show with your host, Eric Metaxas. Hey folks, welcome to Thursday. You know what Thursday means. It means that an hour two, we kick it off with an Ask Metaxas segment. You bring the questions. I bring some answers. Uh, I've got all the answers, but I don't want to share them all the time and seem like a know-it-all. So I'm going to pretend to, to struggle with some of your difficult questions. So that's an hour two today. Uh, we're also... Uh, speaking with our friends, the Talbots, we've got our business segment. We've got a lot of stuff coming up, but the most exciting thing of all, oh yes, right now, John Smirak. John, welcome. Hey, Eric, I've got two beagles here on my left hand. I'm fending off, keeping out of the camera, my friend. <laughs> well, that's assumed. Uh, it's important <laughs> to have beagles when you're doing radio. It's important to have beagles to, to distract you, you know, wait, so you wait. just, so you come across as natural. See, now, if there are people watching this, I tell everyone you should go to my website. You should sign up for the <laughs> newsletter because you'll see the video. What, what you just did, John, with that sweet beagle was so cute. 
I'm 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 filled up with endorphins. That was the most beautiful I, thing I once, ever. Once ruined a segment of the Steve Dace show because I was I was talking very seriously about the Supreme Court. And apropos of nothing, a beagle jumps on top of me and I hold her in my arms and continue as if nothing had happened through the whole rest of the show. It's I mean, <laughs> of course, Steve D says a radio show also. So it doesn't it doesn't matter. Right. Some people will see it. But... No, this was video. Yeah. But oh, this was the yeah. Yeah. Blaze TV. So last time you and I talked, we just found out about the overturning of Roe v. Wade. And in the new America that's in the wake of that, I, I find I shaved the beard that I had grown protest Roe v. Wade. No, I, I shaved it because it's 180 You put the degrees. beard in a, in, a, in a coffin and is it on your desk? <laughs> no, I mailed it all to Nancy Pelosi. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. So, so we do live in a different America. What we have to realize is it's also a little bit scarier America, just the way I've got a piece in stream.org called the pro-choice arguments are dead. Now we see the demons. John, John, hang on. Uh, I saw that you wrote that article and before I'm glad you wrote it because that was precisely what I have been thinking. It has never been clearer ever. If you want to really see what is going on, but you, of course, wrote an article about this, but I've been thinking about this incessantly, how it's yeah. become so clear. So go ahead. It's yeah. at stream.org. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Um, if I sat down, I spent most of, of Friday reading Samuel Alito's majority opinion. First, the summary and then the whole thing. And then I tried to read Roberts's concurrence, but it you know, was so bored. I wanted to pull my own head off and kick it down the field like a soccer ball. Then I read Clarence Thomas's concurrence, which was great. But what you what you learn from reading it is there are no arguments for abortion being protected in the Constitution. What's more, there never were. Roe v. Wade was garbage, just total, total garbage. John, I- I'm sorry, I- I'm always interrupting, but I want to underscore you're, you're saying important things and I want to underscore this for folks so that so they get it. This is very important, folks, that you understand this. Okay, even if you're pro-abortion, okay, you could be pro-abortion. That's fine. It's a free country. You could believe whatever you want, but you have to understand what John just said, and what Alito makes clear is that in the Constitution there is no place that the founders imply that there is such a thing as a right to abortion. We need to be clear about what the ruling was. That's what the ruling was. There is nothing in the Constitution. So for 49 years, we've been living under a ruling from the Supreme Court in 1973 that John just described correctly as garbage, fiction. What could be more evil than a Supreme Court creating something, fiction, that that is not in the Constitution and forcing Americans to abide by this ersatz law it's the strangest thing in the world i just want to be clear on what we're discussing so if you read alito's reasoning he shows how roe v wade was horrendously badly decided that the, the the justices in that court were acting as if they were state legislators drawing up a bill that 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 they had been voted in to 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 draft um that they didn't even bother 
to offer any real constitutional support for it. All they did was say, well, it might be there might be some support in the 14th. There might be some support in this one. There might be. They, they laid out a bunch of amendments where you might be able to read it between the lines. They in no case did they make an argument, a compelling argument that the text of the Constitution supported abortion. And then again, in Casey v. Planned Parenthood v. Casey in 1993, it was even worse. The justices there said basically Roe was probably wrong. We're not even going to defend it. But for the sake of continuity and because women have come to count on this and for the sake of the prestige of the court, we're going to uphold it. But um Maybe it's the liberty mentioned in the 14th Amendment. So, yeah, what year was this? Ticket. What you're discussing now? What year 93, was this? 93. OK, so again, let's review, folks. They're gutless. They they admit sort of that. Yeah, Roe v. Wade is made up. And and, and I, I think I want people to understand, John, how how extraordinary that is, because the Supreme Court has one job. It's to interpret the Constitution in 73. They misinterpret the Constitution deliberately, which is an amazing thing. It's a usurpation of power. Yeah, it's a coup d'etat by five lawyers, as as Justice Scalia once said, that the Democrats gave up on amending the Constitution the old fashioned way, like the Equal Rights Amendment, because it's hard and they'll fail. So they just decided to have the Supreme Court do it and be like a sitting constitutional convention. Five guys ruling the country by decree. If you're not comfortable with that, you should be happy with the overturning of Roe v. Wade, regardless of how you feel about killing children for sexual convenience. Even if you're for that, you should be happy that five guys are not running the country like it's a mafia family and just voting in private in a a room and then deciding. So because there are no arguments really against Alito's position, you're not hearing it. You're not hearing anybody in the Senate, anybody in the House, anybody on TV picking apart the legal reasoning of Samuel Alito, pointing out where he got the scholarship wrong when he showed that abortion was not a fundamental right, according to the constitutional test, because it has no history before 1973. So you can't Look at the 14th Amendment and read abortion into it, because the only time you can do that with the 14th Amendment is with liberties that have had a long tradition in our society, like the right to vote, like the right to freely assemble, like the other stuff in the Constitution. If there's no history of it, you can't just read it in. And because abortion involves killing someone, The standard is even higher than it is for other things like gay marriage, where the court does make stuff up. But Alito said, well, we're not going to look at the other stuff they made up. We're going to just look at this one because this one involves killing people. So there are no arguments that abortion is protected by by the Constitution. They don't exist. The left's not even making them anymore. This is the moment in the exorcism. When the demon stops trying to be clever and have theological arguments with the priest who's trying to drive it out, this is the moment in the exorcism when the demon starts spitting blood, spinning the head around, and trying to strangle the priest. And that is what we're seeing. 
We're seeing dozens of attacks on pro-life pregnancy centers, a church, historic church in, Virgi- in West Virginia burned to the ground, this 150-year-old Catholic church. We're seeing attacks on Christians, attacks on the street, the addresses of the Supreme Court justices posted on Reddit and Instagram. We have to go to break, John. I'm sorry. Uh, folks, I hope you're tracking. This is very important. We'll be right back with John Smirak. You winked and gave me your okay. I'll take you on a trip beside the ocean and drop the top of Chesapeake Bay. Folks, welcome back. Talking to John. Zmirak about uh, Roe v. Wade. I want to remind you, today is Thursday. Tomorrow, I'm airing my conversation uh, with Michael Pack, who has made a spectacular documentary about Justice Clarence Thomas. It's called Created Equal. It aired on PBS, which is a miracle. Uh, It's available widely. And there's a new book out now that gives you everything they couldn't put in the film, Created Equal, um, which deals with a lot of these things. Now, John, what you're saying is so important. And, and my 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 instinct always when you say these things, is I want to I want to stop you and make sure people are getting this. This is a big deal. Ladies and gentlemen, did you hear what John just said? John said that there are no arguments against what Alito wrote in his opinion. Think of that. There are no legal arguments. And the way you know that is because no one is debating legally what it is that he said. What they're saying, in effect, is uh, we're not going to debate. We're not going to argue. We're not going to admit we have no arguments, but we're going to show it to you by not arguing. And we're just going to come after you. We're going to use terror. We're going to use uh, threats. We're going to do anything we can because we want to win. We don't care about truth. We don't care about the American law. We want to win. We want babies to die. Somehow we're so convinced that this is a vital part of being alive, being able to kill your children, that we really don't care how we achieve it. That tells you everything about who you're dealing with. The, I want to remind people, and I've written about this at stream.org, the first thinker since like AD 300, when Rome converted to Christianity, the first thinker to suggest that abortion was justified was the Marquis de Sade. And his arguments in the midst of all his pornographic fantasies about child molesting and incest and torture and murder, uh, which he wrote in prison when he was in prison for torturing prostitutes, um, his his reflections on this were simply as crude as this. Nature doesn't even want you to reproduce. Now, that's funny. You could have fooled me. Biology seems to want people to reproduce. Certainly, that's what Darwin said. Uh, we, we live in order to reproduce ourselves. But Dasad said, no, nature doesn't want us to reproduce. We have the absolute rights over anything that comes out of our body. A fetus is like, it's like a turd or fingernail clippings or menstrual blood. It's your, it's your product. You can do whatever you want with it. That and, and, and it's important that women be able to do that so that they can walk away from sex the way men can walk away from sex. So in order to make women equal to men, equally promiscuous, we have to legalize abortion and 
Unborn babies are no more than poop. Those are the Marquis de Sade's grand total of two arguments. Simone de Beauvoir and Jean-Paul Sartre picked up those arguments and popularized them. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg was citing them in her legal opinions. The only arguments for abortion really are those of the Marquis de Sade. Okay, again, you're not going to hear this stuff other places. I don't know why. I mean, I sort of know why. But please, folks, share these things, share these videos. Obviously, if you have my newsletter, if you get my newsletter every week, we send out these videos. But this is vital that we understand the rudiments uh, of the situation. These are the rudiments of the situation, that there is no actual argument. There never was. Uh, and that you have to go to somebody like Mar- Marquis de Sade. And again, John, you've shared this on the program. Marquis de Sade was one of the most evil human beings who've ever existed. The idea that some people think like, oh, it's sort of sexy or it's it. Ladies and gentlemen, it is as evil as anything you have ever seen. We're talking about the torture and killing of uh, children, of, of innocent people. I mean, things that I wouldn't even talk about on this program, frankly, when you when you right. look into it, it's way ho- more horrifying. He it's is serial, the person. It's, it's serial killer stuff. Yeah, it's well, porn for serial killers. Precisely. Precisely. It's that it's is really the evil. origin of the pro-choice position. And now that the legal fiction that the Rube Bader Goldberg constructions of gim <laughs> gim crack duct tape and gorilla glue pasted together garbage of Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey. Alito just, he just looked at it like a, like an Italian stonemason and said, what is this crap? And smashed it. Nobody's even trying to glue that crap back together. Um, they're just saying, okay, we're going to smash your face. We're going to burn your churches. To which the answer is, try it. See what happens. If the police won't protect us, we need a thousand or ten thousand Kyle Rittenhouses to protect our churches and our pro-life pregnancy centers. It may be that the Biden administration just says we're not going to protect you because we don't agree with you and you live in un-America. This is post-America. This is a narco tyranny. We do whatever we want. We're the woke fascists. Deal with it. In which case, we'll have to use force ourselves. And I'm ready to do that. My slogan for Christians is fight fire with napalm. I mean, look, we um, there are a lot of people that they don't they just can't fathom that we are where we are. And it's why I feel a compulsion to talk about it, because I think people need to understand if if you don't know where we are in this culture right now, if you don't stand up and push back against it, you're part of the problem, folks. I want to I want to be very blunt. There are many pastors that will never speak about these things. They they could be nice people. They could be good people. They, they don't want to worship the devil. They, they don't believe in abortion, but they are participating in evil. And I mean, we know this, the, the, the famous quote, I don't believe Bonhoeffer said it, but it's attributed to him. Silence in the face of evil is itself evil. Not to speak is to speak, not to act is to act. God will not hold us guiltless. That is a warning that don't think that you can get out of this by being neutral. If you think you're neutral, you're like Sweden. I'm sorry. You're like Switzerland in in World War II. You are a coward. You are guilty as sin. If you think that you can be neutral when babies are being killed and when people 
like the pregnancy centers that advocate for women, try to help women do the right thing sacrificially. They help them. These places are being targeted. If you don't speak up, if you don't understand this, you've become part of the problem. And there are many Christian leaders today. They refuse to address this. The most revolting thing was the day after Roe v. Wade, you had these principled Christian leaders, and I'm, I'm not going to name them out of pity, uh, running around saying, now, now is not the time to gloat. We're happy, but this is not the time to spike the football because a lot of people are hurting over this. I mean, did, would these people have said that the day after the Normandy invasion? Now, let's not gloat. There were a lot of people who support the Germans, and we don't want to hurt their feelings. That is how bad this is. And you still have people like David French and, and various people at National Review, and I'm afraid our friend Rod Dreher, not giving Donald Trump credit for this, say, still saying Donald Trump wasn't worth it. Isn't this um, amazing? John, How what could be more amazing than that? I mean, I'm glad yeah. you brought that up because I uh, have, have many times said that, listen, I, I don't care if you hate Donald Trump, but let's just be logical. This man said... He would put pro-originalists on the Supreme Court. He even went further. He even said what none of the Republicans had ever dared to say in the past. People who wanted to overturn Roe v. Wade, those kinds of ju- justices, that those were the people he would bring. So tons of people said, oh, Trump's a New York liberal. He'll never do that. He'll say anything. He's a liar, blah, 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 blah. They had a point. We didn't know. I thought that. Right. I, I voted for him very reluctantly because I thought, well, if George Bush screwed us and Ronald Reagan accidentally screwed us, I really think Donald Trump's not going to. And right. I was wrong. And I'm okay. so happy to be wrong. Exactly. You should be happy when you're wrong about something like that. So the you fact so is, proud Trump that you have did to what he said he right. was going to do. He said he did, was going to do. And because of Trump, ladies and gentlemen, do the math. This is math. Because of Trump, abortion on demand in 50 states no longer exists in America. It's because of Donald Trump's courage, or you could simply say it's because of his character that he did what he said he was going to do. And that is a character trait. But let's be specific, okay? We would be one justice short if the president had been anybody but, but Donald Trump and maybe Ron DeSantis. When they did that nonsense with Brett Kavanaugh, you know the Bush administration would have withdrawn him. You know maybe the Reagan administration would have withdrawn him. Only John, Donald Trump, who has been barging into parties and 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 like grabbing the meat plate, uh, only somebody like that uh, who could be plausibly accused of wanting to watch the Gorilla Channel, even though it wasn't true, it was plausible that Trump okay, wanted look. the Gorilla Channel. Only a guy like that is going to stand up when they cook up a fake rape charge and get it. We're going to we're going to follow up. We're going to a break. But, folks, what John just said, I've said this in the past. It's exactly true. No one else would have stood up for Kavanaugh. Roe v. Wade would have not been overturned. You got to deal with that. We'll be right back. Folks, welcome 
Welcome back. Talking to John Zmirak. Zmirak, I tell you, starts with a Z. Then there's an M. Z-M-I-R-A-K. Yes, it's a name. It's a surname. Zmirak. Z-M-I-R-A-K. John Zmirak. You were just making the point, which I've made in the past. If it were not for Donald Trump, Roe v. Wade would have not been overturned. If it were not for Donald Trump, Kavanaugh would not have made it through the nonsense, the evil lies that they put up against him. He would have been forced to withdraw his nomination, even though these were totally unsupported lies. They would have said, well, it's good. It's the good of the country. That's what the Republican establishment, the rhinos, the so-called moderates, that's what they exist for. They are surrender monkeys. It is their job when the Democrats start cheating at basketball to lose gracefully to the Globetrotters like the Washington generals used to. It, it is the job of Republicans like George Bush and McCain and Romney and Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney. Their job is to turn over our institutions and our power and our wealth and our country to our enemies in a gracious way. They are the Vichy government that Hitler put in charge of France they are there to pretend to represent us and pretend to protect us while, in fact, enforcing the Nazis' will on us and making us feel like they're on our side. So that's why I called them Vichy cons. That's why I call the, the writer David Vichy French, and he really doesn't like that, I've been reliably informed. <laughs> well, listen, John, I mean, I think everything you're saying and and one of the reasons it's always such a joy to have you on is like i'm i'm trying to help my audience really understand what we're talking about this is not about we believe this and we want to advocate for our position we we believe in truth we believe in what's right and if we're wrong we're happy to be wrong just like you said i i was wrong about donald trump i didn't think he'd follow through on his promises uh, uh to to appoint supreme court justices who were originalists who believe in the constitution he actually did and you're yeah. happy to be wrong i'm the same way i say like if Don't i'm wrong it. i'm very happy to be wrong i only you know you you i can't claim to be a christian and be uh anywhere except on the side of truth whatever is true i'm supposed to before that. And so if it's true that Donald Trump is a coward and that he says one thing and does another, whatever, I have to say, oh, well, OK, I got that wrong. We simply have to be clear. But when we get something right, let's be clear. Donald yeah. Trump did what he said he was going to do. And people who don't like him or they have issues with him, I just want to say we have not had a public policy victory like this for conservatives, for pro-life uh, social conservatives for for people of faith, Christians and Jews who believe in the God of the Bible, who believe in life. We have not had a victory like this since Ronald Reagan and Lady Thatcher and the great John Paul II brought down the Soviet Union. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, this is epical. This is the kind of thing that happens uh, every uh, half century. This is a gigantic achievement. And we have to do the math. It leads to Donald Trump being a man. Are you ready? Of character. He said he's going to do this. He did this because he did what he said he was going to do. Roe v. Wade was overturned. How can people who didn't really like Trump avoid that? I really well, the don't same understand. Way, the same way people who didn't really like the Maccabees uh, can, can toddle off to the Greek gymnasium and pinch a little incense in front of a Greek god because the Maccabees are too, too rough around the edges. 
and they make such a scene and, and, and really they're ruining our whole hell and ice thing. And I, I, I really like these bads. Uh, Have you written about the, the the Maccabees? A lot of people aren't going to get that reference. And uh, I mean, I barely do. But have you written about that? Um, no, no. But I will now. The now Maccabees gonna... were the, the Maccabees were the were the Jews who overthrew the Hellenistic kingdom that had taken over Judea and was imposing gradually Greek paganism, naked wrestling, gymnasiums, bathhouses onto the Greek people and, and ultimately put pagan gods in the Greek, in the Jewish temple. The Maccabees were the military revolutionary movement that overthrew them. It's in the Catholic Bible. It didn't make it into the Protestant wait Bible. Wait a minute, wait I'm not a minute. Sure why. It, it's in the Catholic Bible, but it's not in the Catholic canon. It's yes, it still, is. No, no, it is. Our canon has 11 books. Yours doesn't. Trust me on this, Eric. No, 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 no. It's in the, it's in the volume, but it's in a no, separate section. Not for us. That's your Bible. The Catholic Bible, it's just part of it. But it, it wasn't. Is. But the Council of Nicaea. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was included at the Council of Nicaea. Luther later took that and some other books out. Wait a minute. We're gonna, we don't have time to get into this now. But I'm I'm I'm. Uh, what you're remembering is that there are no Hebrew manuscripts of those 11 books. That was the argument against them is that they were written maybe originally in Greek. They were later. But they were they were considered canonical in the church until the Reformation. They were considered inspired by the Holy Spirit in yes. the same way that the Gospels are inspired Absolutely. by the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. This is we can have I, this debate. I rarely time. I rarely am astonished uh, by by something. But you are usually the person that astonishes me. Um, we're going to have to look into that. That's that's extraordinary. I'm glad I followed this rabbit trail. Um, <laughs> well, we're going to we're going to go to a break, folks. Uh, please uh, do your homework. Go to stream.org. Find John Zmirak's articles. Share them with your friends and enemies. It's important we spread the truth. It's important that we graciously and lovingly, but firmly and boldly share the truth. There are people out there. They're on the fence. They're looking for truth. They're looking for guidance on some things. Uh, please do your part. We'll be right back. Today, not alone with my memories. Life is strange, how things change. I was going out. Folks, welcome back. Talking to John Zmirak. This is the Eric Metaxas Show. There's only one person we have on here every week. Uh, as a regular guest, and that's John Zmirak. John, I wish we could have you on more than once a week. Honestly, um, you write about so many things. Let's talk about your articles at stream.org with regard to the Second Amendment. Yeah, because last week, the, the pro-life decision, the pro-constitution decision, might obscure the, pre- the day before's constitution-affirming decision, which was, uh, the case was Bruin. Again, it was... Uh, New York State's unconstitutional anti-gun laws getting overturned by the Supreme Court because they violate the Second Amendment. Now, wait, this is the state, not the city. Right. The cities are are also probably. 
but somebody like me who lives in New York City, you know, I'm under the impression that it's almost impossible to get a gun in New in, in But those laws are in unconstitutional. And now that's the state and the city are scrambling to try to make up new laws that they can maybe get away with to continue to strip New Yorkers of their Second Amendment rights. I just want to reaffirm people to realize what the court decision said was the Second Amendment is actually in the Bill of Rights. It comes second. It's in there. It has never been repealed. It is just as literal and means what it says the same way the other amendments do. So just like religious freedom and freedom of the press are fundamental rights that the Constitution recognizes come from God and the government protects, gun rights are the same kind of right. They're fundamental rights. They're not privileges like having a pilot's license or or having a license to shoot fireworks off in New York Harbor. They're a fundamental right like voting, like having jury trials, like practicing your religion freely. That is something the left has been lying about for 50 years, but it is the case. And if you read books like The Founder's Second Amendment by Stephen Halbrook, you'll see the founders said, said as much. Both the Federalists and the Democrat Republicans, the one thing they agreed about was gun rights were crucial because to, you have the right to protect yourself. You don't have to wait for the state to come draw a chalk line around your body. You have a right to protect yourself against crime. At the time, it was against Indian attacks. Uh, you also have the right to protect yourself against a tyrannical government. And one founder after another said, the only way we know this system we're setting up at the Constitution is going to last and won't become a tyranny is because we have citizens armed, citizens militias. They created America at Lexington and Concord. They, 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 they preserved it through the Revolutionary War. They will preserve America from ever being a tyrannical government. It's as if they had a time machine, because in the 20th century, from 1900, 1900 to 1990, 170 million civilians were murdered by their governments, not including war. That leaves war out. This is intentional murder of citizens by their governments, 170 million people murdered. According to the genocide scholar R.J. Rummel, look up the book, Death by Government. It gives you all the statistics. And the only thing these people had in common, we're talking Cambodians, Czechs, Jews, Rwandans, Tutsis, the one thing they had in common, they'd been disarmed by their government first. Our founders, as if they had a crystal ball, 150 years before this happened, said we cannot have a disarmed citizenry or we will not have a free country. So that's why, as I always say, no Second Amendment, no first. And a lot of people don't realize, and I'm finishing a book on this subject, our founders directly connected religious freedom to gun rights. In fact, the Second Amendment is lifted almost verbatim from the 1690 English Bill of Rights. And in the English Bill of Rights, it's directly connected that you have to have gun rights so that you can have religious freedom. And that's why our founders put religious freedom and press freedom and gun rights together at the beginning of the Bill of Rights. One comes first, one comes second. You don't really have free speech and free religion if the state can just bully you at will with no consequences. And look at countries like Australia. 
and New Zealand and Canada, where they gave up their gun rights, they got locked in their homes under COVID. They got crushed by horses on, on peaceful demonstrations against the mandatory vaccine. Those are not free countries anymore. It's no accident that the first thing Hitler did was seize all the guns. The first thing Lenin, Castro, Mao Zedong, the first thing they did was collect all the guns. That is the dead giveaway. You are dealing with a tyrant who wants to treat you like a veal calf in a pen. Well, it's vital that we understand these things, because I think, again, John, you know, you and I have grown up uh, in, in an America where things have been so good. Most Americans have taken their eyes off the ball and we've drifted and drifted and drifted. And we have given up more and more and more of our liberties uh, and there's more and more ignorance, really. And so we don't have uh, a robustly educated population that understands these things that understands what it means to live free, which we used to understand uh, in our past. Uh, and as a result of that, we've come to this crossroads. If people don't wake up now, it's over. And I put my uh, I, I blame the churches, most of all, they're supposed to be the conscience of the state. Of course, I have a book coming out called Letter to the American Church, where I deal with this. Is it's It used to be the pulpits in America that were at the forefront of helping people understand what is God's idea of freedom. How do we live it out? Um, and, and that's why we're here now. But it's time for people to wake up. Some people are waking up. Uh, if we don't wake up, it's over. Sometimes our churches do go, get in the way. I mean, my own church. Nancy Pelosi was denied Holy Communion by her own local bishop because she's an abortion fanatic. She went to Rome and the Pope gave her communion. The Pope's mass, they gave her communion. He was photographed with her yesterday. I am, I am sick to my stomach. I, I, I just the very sight of that, of that man, Fra- Fra- Frankie goes to the, I call him Frankie goes to the Vatican. Relax. Don't do it. <laughs> Frankie says, relax. Um, well, we're basically out of time. John, uh, thank you, folks. Please go to stream.org. Find John's article, Zmirak, Z-M-I-R-A-K. Share them with your friends. Share these videos with your friends. Again, if you sign up at ericmetaxas.com for our newsletter, we send you these videos. It's vital we all do our part and and spread these ideas. It really is vital. Everything's at stake. John, thank you so much. Thank you, Eric. Literally today, over the weekend, this week, we're celebrating the 4th of July. This is the time we celebrate Independence Day. It is one of the most amazing things, 1776. Uh, I've written about it in my book, If You Can Keep It. I recommend the book, not because I wrote it. I wrote it to get these ideas out to my fellow Americans. We've got to understand what we have is amazingly beautiful and fragile and important, and we need to defend it and fight for it and spread these ideas around the world and certainly spread them in our communities. Um, We need to keep the Republic. Albin, what do you have to say about this issue of 1776? 
Well, this is this is the anniversary of it's 246 years. So if you get an 82 year old guy, okay, today and go back to the day that he was born on that date, you find another 82 year old guy. You go back to the day he was born on and on that date, you go find another 82 year old guy. That's three 82 year old guys back to back to back. You get the 1776. And that shows you just how young this country is three back-to-back 82 year olds my father's 95 we don't even need that, a, we don't even need an 82 year old if we if we get my dad we can we can get somebody who's in the 70s of, out of the water in the 70s no it is really it, it is an amazing thing uh that look there are people we just there's a video you looked at it the other day i saw it there's a guy, uh, this was in the 50s, on TV, an old man remembering being five years old, sitting in the theater the day Lincoln was shot, hearing the shot, seeing John Wilkes Booth. I mean, this was, this was in, the, in the 50s. Uh, this just happened for many of us. There's so many things like that. History is so beautiful and it's so important. So I just want to say, folks, as we celebrate this important day, uh, this important time, 246 years ago, it is vital that we take time out to learn our history, to celebrate our history. Um, I, I don't know uh, what to say other than I wrote a whole book about it because once I really understood this, which was quite late in life, I flipped out. I said, I cannot believe I didn't understand this before. It wasn't taught. You're not getting it from Hollywood movies. It's not in the culture very much. We need to get these ideas out. How do we keep the republic? Uh, So my book is titled, If You Can Keep It, The Forgotten Promise of American Liberty. But this is very, these ideas are exciting when you understand them. And I feel like for most of our history as a country, we've been excited about these ideas. We've taught these ideas. We put them into movies and Frank Capra put them into his movies. And In our lifetimes, Albin, most of this has been lost. And I want to say, folks, the truth is always the truth. You can never really lose it. Uh, You can forget about it, but it's always there. And the truth of the greatness of, of this country, what this country has meant to people through the centuries, to people like my mother and father who got choked up when they passed the Statue of Liberty in the 50s, when they had the privilege of coming to this country and raising kids in this country, that's something that it, 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 it never really goes away. We can just take our eyes off of it, but we need to celebrate it. Um, we've just got a, a couple of commercials to do here and then we're done. Nutramedics.com the entire month of mm-hmm. July, everything 30% off with the code, Eric, everything 30% off with the code, Eric folks. That's huge. They decided to do it for every product. Use the code Eric, Nutramedics.com. Take advantage of that. Also, please go to SalemNow.com. Lots of spectacular movies to see there. The Matter of Life.com. Uh, sorry, The Matter of Life is one of the movies at SalemNow.com. Uh, if you want to celebrate uh, America, uh, there are all kinds of things at SalemNow.com. 2000 Mules is there. Uh, God bless you all, and God bless America. I don't care what they make you. I don't care what they make you.